The American Council of the Blind presents ACB Reports, a monthly news magazine containing topics of interest to people who are blind or have low vision. I'm Mike Duke. This month, meet the executive director of the World Blind Union and learn what one school for the blind is doing to empower students for college success. Believe it or not, it's the holiday edition of ACB Reports for December 2018. Jose Maria Vera is the executive director of the World Blind Union. During a presentation to the Conference and Convention of the American Council of the Blind in St. Louis this year, he discussed the work of this international organization. Let me first express and, uh, and personally thanks the ACB family in the person of uh, Kim Charlson for inviting me and um, allowing the World Blind Union to share with you some of um, our work. As Dan mentioned, I'm originally from Argentina. I have moved to Canada two months ago, and um, it's such a pleasure for me to be here with you. It's the first time I had the chance to share uh, with, uh, with, with some people from the States, uh, like a national convention like you are having uh, these days. And I really congratulate for your work, but especially for the entire work you do through the years and especially in the U.S., but also abroad. The World Blind Union was created in 1944 as a result of a big effort of many national leaders who strongly believed and they were totally convinced that blind people can not only create uh, national organizations that can advocate for our rights, but also that those national organizations can come together and create a better international scenario for our community. When we look at the recent research done around how many persons with disabilities are around the world, we can look at the World Health Organization, one of the UN agencies, that in 2011 um, said that there were around one billion persons with disabilities living worldwide. That means if we were all persons with disabilities, we shared the same nationality, we were the third biggest nation in the world after China and India. But if we look at more in details, how many of those one billion persons with disabilities are visually impaired, either blind or low vision, we say that almost 250 millions of those one billion are visually impaired. So you can kind of have an idea that one quarter of, one fourth of those persons with disability communities are members of blind communities around the world. And that basically puts us in a position where we can say that among other disability groups, we are one of the most popular groups or most strong communities when we talk about advocacy and perhaps human rights. 
The Worldwide Union represents, again, the interests of 250 millions of blind and partially sighted persons around the world. We are structured in six regional organizations. The North American and Caribbean is the one that ACB is part of. But also we do have the Latin American Blind Union, the African Union of the Blind, the Asia Blind Union, the Asia Pacific Union of the Blind, and the European Blind Union. So you can see that we are in each continent present, but not only through our six regional organizations, but also through more than 190 different national organizations. WBU has presence in more than 193 countries around the world. We operate not only through our six regional organizations, but also through a long list of partners and different members of WBU who can actually make possible that our work is reached to the right persons around the world. We do represent not only adults, but also children with visually impaired. And what I would say, it's something that we should be very proud of, is that we do not only represent blind and partially sighted persons, but also under those 200 million and 50 persons with visually impaired, we are migrants, we are workers, we are women, we are children, we are um, indigenous people, we are First Nations people, we are students, we are professionals, we are in the end part of different groups, social groups, but we all come together and the idea of advocating for the rights of blind and partially sighted persons around the world. And, and this is something that we should not only be proud of, but also feel very responsible for. Because this is not just about what we are, who we are, but also what is the work ahead of us, right? And when I say that, let me briefly explain to you some of the key works or the, or the key areas where we work in as WBU. The first area, which is one of our most important commitment, is to make sure that our human rights are protected and promoted. But not only as a way of promoting social inclusion, but also to make sure that we do live the life we choose. And in that line, the WBU has played a significant and key role in promoting and adopting the Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities. This convention is basically not only the most important convention for us as blind persons, but also a way to show to the international community and especially to governments that our rights are equally important to other people's rights. That we can, that we are entitled 
to equally enjoy the right to education, the right to employment, the right to live independent and be included in the community, to live the life we choose in different ways, like social participation, access to cultural, sports, and other activities, health, rehabilitation, access, for example, to civic, political, and cultural rights. And that's something that for, probably for ACB and some of the people here in this room are something that is not totally new. But for some other brothers and sisters around the world, this type of rights are something that they cannot enjoy yet. And we do have to make sure that we do our best to contribute for our brothers and sisters around the world to live the life we want and probably as you guys are enjoying it in the States these days. You should be very proud of what ACB and other organizations in the States have achieved and make sure that we can contribute at the international level for our brothers and sisters around the world to do what they want in the way they want. And this is something that we try to do through the World Land Union. But going back to some of the other areas that we work in, I said that the WBU has played a key role in promoting and adopting the CRPD, the Convention on the Right of Persons with Disabilities. But again, and this is something that we should be very proud of, we, after the ratification of and placing force of the CRPD, the Convention of the Right of Persons with Disability, the blind community sat down and said, what is next? And we figured out that one of our most important rights is the access to information. If we do not have the right to access to books, if we do not have the right to access to information, we were not in a position to, for example, study, uh, be employed, and develop ourselves. So, a few years ago, very strong national leaders, some of them are present here, and some of them are from the states, said, we want a specific treaty for blind and partially sighted persons. And that's the Marrakesh Treaty. And this is, this is something that, honestly, from the WBU and coming from Argentina, which is, we could say, an emerging economy or less, developing, less developed country, wherever you want to call it, it's something that it changed the life of all of us, especially for children. We now have the access, the right to access to books, to study, to be more independent. And I know that a few days ago, the U.S. has ratified the Marrakesh Treaty. And this is, this is something that we should celebrate, not just here in the U.S., but keep in mind that through the ratification of the Marrakesh Treaty here in the States, and because of the treaty itself, many other brothers and sisters around the world who speak English 
will be able to access to the magnificent and large number of books available in the States. So you cannot imagine what you have achieved, not only by ratifying the Marrakesh Treaty, because now here in the States you will be, have, you, you will be able to access to more books, but also through the Marrakesh Treaty, the U.S. and all the blind organizations here are now in a position to share with African countries, with Asian countries, with Pacific countries, the enormous efforts and the large number of books you have available here. And it's something that you should also celebrate for. Because now, through the Marrakesh implementation, you, ACB, and other organizations will contribute to improve the life of blind and partially sighted persons around the world. So thank you for that word, guys. And congratulations, congratulations, and thank you for making it possible. Another thing that we spend a lot of time and effort from the WBU is to promote the right to employment. We do recognize that decent jobs and employments are not a right itself, but also the breach to other rights. If we do not have a decent job, if we do not have the access to employment, we will not be able, for instance, to run a family, to uh, go and become consumers, to spend money in cultural events, to go on vacations. So we are very committed to promote the right to employment, but from a very decent and according to all human rights standards. That is still a challenge, just to give you an idea, and going back to the World Health Organization study, or report, sorry, out of one billion persons with disabilities, only 13% have a decent job. That number is even lower if we look at developing countries or poor nations, right? So we do um, try to do our best to promote the right to employment. Again, in the U.S., there are a lot of advancements made around that. We take them to carry them out there in the entire world and try to replicate some of the good experiences you have here in other nations. Finally, the World Line Union is very committed to work around accessibility. Because, again, the article number nine on the CRPT Convention, the Convention on the Right of Persons with Disability, it's about accessibility. But we do understand that accessibility is not just a right, a human right, a fundamental human right, but also it's a way to ensure that, for instance, we can access to movies, we can just decide where we want to go for our next vacations, we can decide what to buy in a shopping center or wherever. So we are very committed 
to ensure that when we talk about accessibility, it's not just a ramp, it's not just about a braille sign on an elevator, but it's also the right to access to information, to books, to manuals, to shopping malls, and many other facilities, even can be private or public, airports, sports centers, and museums, for example. So we do have a committee that is specifically working around accessibility. And again, since we represent the entire global community of blind and partially sighted persons, we do have to consider different contexts, especially in less developed countries like Asians, Africans, or Latin Americans. Let me finalize by saying that we do have a strategic plan that you can access to through visiting our website. But what I would like to address here as the most important message, and I will be more than glad to discuss with you bilaterally, that I've been here this morning hearing all the presentations, but what I'm taking away from here is the deep commitment that you all have to promote the rights of persons with disabilities and to ensure that you do your best to improve the quality of life we all live. And this is something that is very important for the WBU, and this is, I believe, the most important contribution that ACB family can make to the rest of the world, because when I look at you guys and see what you are doing, and see how fun you are having here, and see how you can get all together and discuss what you want as the future, I think this is the best, important, and more exciting example that I can take as a new executive director to spread out in the other organizations around the world. So rather than saying thank you for the opportunity that uh, ACB has given me to speak here, I would say thank you for the amazing experience I will take from the ACV convention to make sure that our brothers and sisters around the world can somehow and someday do something similar to what you guys are doing here. Thank you very much. That was Jose Maria Vera, Executive Director of the World Blind Union. California, Florida, Iowa, Texas, guide dog users, students, IT professionals, government employees. The American Council of the Blind has members in all 50 states and is actively engaged in a wide variety of activities. We advocate for the education, employment, and social inclusion of all blind and visually impaired Americans. We publish a monthly magazine. We hold an annual conference and convention. And operate a multi-channel internet radio station. Check us out at acb.org. Together, we can do anything. From the American Council of the Blind, you're listening to ACB Reports. The College Success Program at Perkins School for the Blind in Watertown, Massachusetts, seeks to give students the tools with which to achieve success in their educational endeavor. Leslie Thatcher is the director of this new program at Perkins. College Success is a brand new nine-month residential bridge program, if you will, between high school and college to work on the skills, the academic 
college skills and blindness skills students need to be successful in college. And I'm going to give you a brief overview and context. I've spent almost 30 years working on the transition from high school to college uh, in my career. And this is a really critical one that's challenging for all students. I think it's especially challenging now in these very complex times with technology and so many layers of things to learn. I want to raise the idea of someone named Carol Dweck, who some of you may know from popular media reports and things like that. She's a professor at Stanford University who um, really popularized the idea of, you might have heard, grit, resilience, um, and the growth mindset. And that is something where um, students who have a growth mindset believe that they that challenges and failures are opportunities to learn and they believe that they can keep learning versus someone with a fixed mindset who believes that a failure just demonstrates that they're, they're not capable or that they're not smart. So we are working with a growth mindset and it's a teachable thing and college success is designed to empower students with a growth mindset. We know with the college-bound students that we are working with, if you're a VR counselor or a TDI or you're a mom or a dad or an aunt or an uncle or a, a member of all of the affiliates out there in the country, you're working with young people. We see that young people are not completing college at a rate of about 60% young people with blindness and visual impairment. And we are working to try and change some of those statistics. My questions as a professional in this field for so long is how and when do we do the work to empower these students with the skills they need for success? When do we work on non-cognitive factors such as a sense of belonging, a sense of goal setting in school, um, a feeling of self-regulation as they encounter challenges and obstacles? How do we begin to empower students to understand that they can overcome and persist in the face of these challenges? How do we squeeze that in in a traditional four-year high school curriculum? while also trying to teach orientation and mobility, other blindness skills, and just getting through the curriculum in high school. We know the consequences when we don't do it because our students arrive in college not ready to succeed. We know that our high school curriculum in general is designed for four-year completion, right? And we know that it's designed to be completed in four years by typically sighted students. Um, and I'm starting to wonder if maybe an extra nine months, like our program, may help some of those students who need some extra time. Um, for our students generally, we want to work with increasing their sense of efficacy um, and their sense and um, goal setting in college. So what we are doing now is addressing some of those skill sets. So what we have done is we've developed a nine-month residential program. It's designed to, based on research that Perkins did, um, interviewing college students who had persisted in college, college students who had stopped attending college, college professors, Office of Disability Services, and we definitely identified some themes. This is not going to come as a surprise. Increased orientation and mobility work. Increased work with assistive technology and cutting-edge technology. Lots of independent living skills. And another area I want to raise is work on executive functioning skills, time management, planning, following complex sequential directions, um, general organization skills that many of our young adults are challenged with now. Our students are no different. Um, but executive functioning coaching, which is something I have great background in, um, is often the special sauce that really helps students begin to have a different perception on what their struggles are and it empowers them with new tools. So 
What we are doing is launching this program August 20th. It's an innovative program. It's based on the research that we've done, and it recognizes what Carol Dweck was talking about, a sense of belonging, goal setting, and looking at the, the human condition of these students. Our program's twofold. We work on both blindness skills and college skills. Our students will gain an understanding of their capacity and be able to practice it independently over the course of nine months as skill builds on skill builds on skill. Our college success students will be allowed and take college classes in the Boston area based on where they arrive at us with their skill set. We're going to place them in classes in collaboration with partner colleges that are appropriate for where they are and build them up to the next level. Um, but they're going to come back every day to our campus, to our dorm, um, in an environment that mimics a college campus, but it, it has a combination of knowledgeable support with our staff in college success. It's a standalone program on campus, intentional challenge, and earned independence. We launched August 20th with 10 dynamic students, amazing students from six different states. Special shout out to North Carolina, New York, and Florida particularly, who have really been um, phenomenal partners in helping make this possible for some of our students. We're going to support them in independently gaining access and support and seeing what that's like through their Office of Disability Services. We're going to visit a lot of them and help these students practice describing what their needs are, what helps them learn, and encounter difficulties in achieving them. We're going to help support them in acquiring the supports that they need. Students will take courses either on campus or online depending on what our goals are. We may have a student who needs to really prioritize orientation and mobility and they're going to take an online course and work on O&M in another context. When they encounter challenges in like writing, if you think back to your first college paper, right, and think of how fantastic that was for you, um, we're going to be there supporting them teaching them writing skills, teaching them research skills, reinforcing the skills that they're learning in their college classes from an executive functioning perspective, from a writing coach's perspective, um, and then send them off to go practice. Do we want them to learn how to do college as independently as possible? We have a full-time orientation and mobility instructor, full-time VR instructor, and we really, really are committed to helping these students gain their independence. By spring, our 10 students will be taking up to two college classes have monthly job shadows that have been specifically designed for them and learn how to juggle their schedules, their free time. How do I exercise? How do I take on that leadership opportunity? How do I become involved with my local ACB affiliate and fit that in, right? All of this will be supported by four classes um, taught by our TVI, Kate Cadillac, who some of you may know. Um, these courses are going to be the college experience, know your rights, health and wellness, and the pre-employment experience, which will really dig into what lights these students' fires and how are they going to identify classes and potential majors and potential colleges that address those. On top of it all, they'll be mentored. We have three of our staff who have various visual impairments, and I am really excited about the team we've acquired and that have chosen to join our program, and uh, our kids are really going to do something neat here. We're going to be assessing the whole year round. So we will come back next year with some updates and some insights and some adjustments, I'm sure, to what we're doing. But that's what college success is, nine months of practicing and hopefully beginning a new conversation in how we change these numbers and we change the experience of our students so we can benefit from all they have to offer, as we clearly saw in the world. That was Leslie Thatcher, director of the College Success Program at Perkins School for the Blind.
You've been listening to ACB Reports, heard on radio information services nationwide and throughout the world on acbradio.org. ACB Reports is produced at Radio Reading Service of Mississippi, a service of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Contact the American Council of the Blind online at acb.org or phone 800-424-8666. Thanks for listening, and please join us again next month for another ACB Reports.